today. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen emphasizes racial equity. Tony Bobulinski returns to Tucker Carlson nearly two years after he first broke the news about Hunter Biden and Elon Musk may buy Twitter. After all, we've got all of that and more coming up and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and I am joined today by the one, the only, Alex Stein, Blaze TV contributor and host of Conspiracy Castle. We are also joined by, I feel like he, he's like miming. I am. Well, that's my action. And honestly, you're about to introduce Jason. I don't want to step in his introduction, but I feel so emasculated. I know, but I feel so emasculated. I come here, I see his Indian motorcycle, and I drive here in a little Toyota. It's very emasculating having these guests on. So I'd prefer a little, next time, a guest approval, next time you consider Blaze okay. enemies. So. Okay. Right. Well, 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 could you tell him to dress down? Because I just look like trash. Yeah. See, they trash. Okay, now we're even Jason. Now I like Jason. Now we've humanized each other. He drives a way cooler motorcycle. I drive a car, and I'm a little higher. You know, I'm dressed a little fancier. Jason Buttrell, of course. Oh, yeah. researcher of the Glenn Beck program, who I really do. I'm digging the beard. You like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like I'm maybe compensating for lack of hair elsewhere. Well, I know, but see, Jason. But when you but but if you don't have hair on your head and but with either by choice or whatever, and you do have a beard, it does. It's very very manly. Like yeah. it just is like masculine. And yeah. it's super masculine to do the shave because he still has hair. You know, yeah. he could grow it out, but he's you know he shaves it. It's like you're not. I'm not afraid to be. Right. You know. Slicked back. Yeah, the, I think the, it looks badass. The, I yeah. won't mention the K company at all, um, but you know, I mean, it did work. You know, yeah, so it did. Don't something, something. It did. It did. <laughs> um, all right, I guess we'll get to the stories of the day. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen spoke at the United States Treasury Bank Forum and announced the formation of a Treasury Advisory Committee on Racial Equity. Yay! She also said racial equity is the centerpiece of the Biden administration's economic agenda, just in case you guys hadn't figured that out yet, watch. Our economy has failed to live up to the nation's promise of equal opportunity for all. We know that we need to do all we can to build a fairer economy, and that's why we have put racial equity at the forefront of our agenda at Treasury and across the Biden administration. We did this first with the implementation of the American Rescue Plan um, that was in, tried to build the foundation for an equitable economic recovery. And now through our recently passed um, economic agenda that includes the Inflation Reduction Act, the Chips and Science Act, and the bipartisan infrastructure law we're trying to invest in communities that have often been ignored or overlooked. All right. Uh, you got to pay attention to her words because the way that she delivers her speech is actually a real snooze fest. But uh, the committee will identify, monitor and review aspects of the domestic economy that have directly and indirectly resulted in unfavorable conditions for communities of color. Now, it's interesting there because she claimed in that statement that uh, uh, that there is not equal opportunity in America. But that is a not true and also b not what equity is about. Of course, equity is about uh, providing equal outcome 
for people, whether it be minorities, you know, the black community, the Hispanic community, what have you, um, you know, the, these have been just kind of, we've been called conspiracy theorists for a very long time for talking about these things. And they are making it very, very obvious that, uh, you know, ESG and, you know, racial equity and all of these terms that we were talking about are actually what they want to do. And they are rolling these things out in very real ways. Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal because we should have a meritocracy and we don't. And it's not like I don't want to help out marginalized people. I think we all do. But now people are lying about being a minority on their college resumes to even get into college. So it's kind of they're gaming the system. And that's why I think our system's so screwed up because it's not based on people's ability to, you know, uh, be smart or lead by a good example. It's like, let's just put people like KJP, you know, in position when she's really not qualified mm -hmm. for the job. Mm -hmm. Jason, I, I would imagine you have a lot to say. Yeah, about this. well, I guess a couple of things. It's just funny to me. It really cracks me up how the left in, in modern times today really so desperately want to live in the 60s or mm -hmm. before the 60s. Yeah. So like all of them are like, yeah, like you know, let's march in the streets because we want, you know, women to vote. Uh, that's been done already. <laughs> all right, well, we want, well, we want gay marriage. Crap, that was done too, mm -hmm. right? Well, shoot, let's invent something else. Yeah. You know, like racial equity also. I mean, I literally think they, either they really want to live in the 60s or they're just, they got nothing else and so they're just mm -hmm. evoke, invoking that, you know, mm -hmm. at every step of the way because they want it to be so. Um, these are battles that they've already won, right? So that should cue in most people that there's something more going on here. There's something behind, you know, whatever they're doing. Uh, and also, I, I want to, you know, just kind of point out that every time they've pivoted in this direction to where they want racial equity, they want, you know, a fair economy or whatever, which if you follow the laws of economics, you know, it's supply and demand. You know what I mean? Like people like, you know, like you pointed out, you know, it's a merit. It should be a meritocracy. That, that, that's that's what creates wealth mm -hmm. at all levels mm -hmm. of the spectrum. But every time they've done this in the past, you know, like the war on poverty, LBJ, you know, like. You know, initiatives like that where they promise to fix all these issues, they've made them all worse. Yes. I mean, not only economically, but they've destroyed families. They've destroyed, oh my God. I mean, at this point, I guess you can say millions of minority families through these policies. It never works out. It's always, you know, we're doing it for you, but the result, end result is, you know, F you. You know, that's what ends up happening. And then they sit back and then reap all the power and the benefits. They don't care about the people they hurt. This hurts people that they're supposed to represent. They're not going to feel any of the pain at all, but it's going to hurt everyone else. Does it surprise you that uh, two of these committee appointees, the Committee for Racial Equity for the Biden-Harris administration, does it surprise you? that uh, they are Soros-funded nonprofit. Uh, <laughs> wow, heads. what a yeah. big surprise. Yeah, yeah, they've received millions from the Open Society Foundation. Uh, Felicia Wong, this is the committee's vice chair, is president and CEO of the Roosevelt Institute and Roosevelt Forward. And uh, they accepted, oh, I don't know, $4.7 from uh, Open Society. And uh, there was, there's another one, the, the other one that I, Lorella Praley, she runs uh, a nonprofit as well that uh, is what community change and community change action. And uh, that one has received over eight million. So I but that's look, we're just crazy conspiracy theorists. Put on your tinfoil hat. George Soros is not quietly doing things to like 
push us in a certain direction. That's not, please. No, and I think it's kind of, it's like uh, Saul Alinsky's, one of his rules for radicals is to basically accuse the enemy of what they're accusing you of. And I yeah. would say that if you really put everything through a racial lens by judging everything by race or gender, that inherently is racist, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just looking at it from a broad view, like I said earlier, the meritocracy. And so, yeah, of course, get, get your tinfoil hats out. Uh, George Soros is the greatest guy ever. Uh, <laughs> you know, he loves uh, uh, society and everything he does is beneficial for us. So thank you, George Soros, for all the help you've given us. I love the, um, you know, you, you, you're talking about uh, the people who view everything through the lens of racism are actually the real racists. It reminds me of the tweet that I just saw from Mark Lamont Hill uh, apparently, you're supposed to be very offended that Kanye West wore a White Lives Matter shirt at Paris Fashion Week uh, alongside Candace Owens. Those of you who are watching the podcast can see it right here. Um, and uh, it's that was really, really bad thing for him to do, I guess. And uh, Mark Lamont Hill apparently says that, that, you know, these are, what did he say? Like, basically insinuating that you are racist for saying something like white lives matter or all lives matter, of course. And uh, Kanye actually posted on his Instagram, everyone knows that black lives matter was a scam. Now it's over. You're welcome. So. <laughs> and it's not, it's, it's not even a conspiracy. Talk about cons- like, all right. these, like all these things with George Soros uh, or BLM. But like with George Soros, like you used to like, I remember, you know, back in the day we would get, you know, censored or like, criticized for even mentioning George Soros. If you just criticize George Soros, all of a sudden it was called anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. In fact, I think they still say that. Yes. No, 100%. Yes, 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 you're yes. an anti-Semitic. Adam Kinzinger, everyone, on both sides. Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me? We're not even talking about his race. We're talking right. about what he's doing. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's funny. Now, it's so easy to look this stuff up. You can There's like a public database of like 990 forms that you can go, and that's like what, you know, some of these nonprofits have to file to um, to be a nonprofit. And you just go into them and look through, and it's the same usual suspects every single time. Open Society Foundation will be on there. Like, I mean, uh, anything, every, uh, all across the board, whether, whether it's like on the border, you know, like, uh, you know, funding some of these groups that are actually taking, they're doing the jobs that immigration enforcement should be doing. But the Biden administration doesn't want to do that. They want to pawn it off to some of these other groups because they know they're like, they're funded by people like Soros that are just filtering them all into the country anyway. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's not a conspiracy. I remember, remember when it was a Newt Gingrich went on, I think it was on Fox News. He went on Fox News and he said, well, you the reason why, you know, we have all these like radical uh, district attorneys and all these like, you know, sit, uh, mm-hmm. uh, c- uh, c- uh, cities are like boiling over in crime right now is because these Soros funded DAs. Right. Yeah. They stopped him and actually stopped the segment. Because they're like, oh, we can't mention Soros. Now it's everywhere. It's yeah. not even disputed. Everyone knows that he's funding all these DAs to, be, you know, to come in and be soft on crime. Uh, I, it's, I, I've lost count from all the things that were considered conspiracy theories that are now just, you know, we know about. There was, what was that new thing today about that, uh, that Chinese guy that was... Um, uh, uh, had some kind of election uh, oh, software yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But the next so day, they, they, had had to, they had to crack it that, that the person got arrested. You know, they said Wait, it was a conspiracy. The New York Times guy? Yes, like, and the what? next day. Yeah, I think we have that later. Oh, But, wow. but, but, <laughs> but I, I, I do want to say... Thanks, Jason. Oops. Okay, so I have an opinion on this. It's a little different than y'all. I think Candace Owens and Kanye West are both uh, black, white supremacists and they need to be <laughs> shut down. And that Black Lives Matter was the best organization ever. Patricia Cullors buying uh, two mansions, I think uh, accumulating mm-hmm. $5.3 million she deserved those mansions and Black Lives Matter deserved that money so uh, yeah Kanye uh, Candace canceled <laughs> yeah I mean that really is truly what they're acting like and it's like 
Okay, so how much of that money has gone to actually helping the black community? I Zilch. believe, yeah, last time I checked, it was zero dollars. So, gee, I wonder if that was a scam. Uh, I want to uh, I want to bring uh, some other news here. Yesterday, Education Secretary Miguel Cardona suggested students need abortion in order to succeed in school and life. This is like <sighs> demonic stuff happening right now. Watch. I share your grave concerns about maintaining access to contraception and reproductive health services on our college campuses. And ensuring there's accurate, reliable information Is for Joe students even alive and right for now? educators. <laughs> yeah. Students need access to health care right right in school and in life. Someone needs to and kick them under the table. Reproductive health care. You know, it's interesting because we were just talking about race issues in America. Uh, black women have the highest abortion percentage rate uh, and ratio according to the CDC, and back in, I believe it was 2016, more black babies were aborted than born in New York City. So you would think if these people care about racial equity and if these people care about the black community, they would, oh, I don't know, advocate for more black babies to be actually born rather than killed by their own mothers. Yeah, I mean, it's a really weird argument to be so pro-abortion, and I think it's like the same, you know, these businesses like Starbucks will give you $2,000 to go on an abortion vacation. In reality, they don't want you to have a baby so you won't miss work. Right. And, you know, so it's just, it's all a scam, and the idea that, like, racial equity, you know, when uh, obviously African-Americans are the ones that are aborting the most children, they don't care about black lives, they don't care about any lives, in my opinion, especially the youngest ones. So, yeah, I mean... Once again, it's just kind of a psychological operation to make you feel guilty for us not wanting to kill babies. Yeah, and Jason, I mean, you can't be anything, do anything in life if you have those children. <laughs> can't do it. Please, those are dead weight. You just got to kill them. I, and that's the thing that's what's crazy about the narrative from the government or everyone that's so pro-abortion right now is there is not not even a single shred, not even coming close to a conversation on any alternatives. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, there's no alternative. Like it's either, no, it's, it's just abortion or bust mm -hmm. pretty much for these people. There's nothing about, oh, you know, we're also signing into legislation now, you know, for, you know, uh, you know, pregnancy clinics, you know, if they want to have their babies, you know, and we're going to make it easier, you know, and, you know, we're going to talk to some of these communities to allocate more funds to, you know, to help these groups get, get out the word that they have options out there. There's people out there that care for them. There's none of that. I mean, in, in fact, it's 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 almost anti no, it is anti. It's like, oh, you want to have your baby? Uh, no, just kill it. That, 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 that's all there is. There's no conversation whatsoever. I, we're doing a show tonight on, you know, that that the Christians need to not be afraid of just being able to call evil by its name. Yeah. yeah. Um, I personally believe that abortion is evil. Mm -hmm. And I'm not afraid to say that. And I'm mm -hmm. sure there's a lot of people that disagree with me on multiple different... I don't care. That, that's what I believe. I believe that I, I, in my heart, that it is evil, and I'm not afraid to call it that. Um, I'm probably going to get a, get you in trouble on YouTube for this no. or whatever. But, but I mean, surgically mutilating a child is evil. You're evil yeah. if you advocate that, or if you perform it, or if you're a parent and let it happen. Let it happen. You are evil. Um, we should be we should be strong enough to stand shoulder to shoulder and say these things. Yeah. It's stupid. I mean, the the, the 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 way that evil is normalized now is absolutely disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. Crime is normalized. Yeah. But Elizabeth Warren said the pregnancy crisis centers that help young mothers were evil. Yeah, that's, that's how that's How, <laughs> how insane is I that, know. right? Like, what? I know, I know. Gosh. Well, we here at Blaze TV are not afraid to uh, call out evil, which is why you should make sure that you are uh, subscribed. 
But I want to uh, look. We got to change gears here, and uh, we got to take a quick break. First, we want to uh, thank our sponsor, Raycon. So. Here's the thing. When you have a very busy life, maybe you're on the go, maybe you have uh, a large family and uh, you're trying to do things like maybe digest this program, maybe listen to music, maybe, uh, you know, get a get whatever podcast in that you want to listen to. A great way to do it is by owning Raycon earbuds, because not only are you going to get awesome audio quality, they also they fit all the way in the ear. They've got different sizes for the gel tips. You can find the one that works for you and they don't have that in annoying stem that hangs down uh, like that that's pointless it's just gonna weigh your ear down it's just gonna fall out I don't know why anyone would design earbuds that way but Raycon was smart enough not to uh, they also have a noise isolation and awareness mode and earbud tap functions I use them I bought some for my mom because my mom wanted to try them out she loves them as well everyone I know loves their Raycon and you are going to get it at a steal compared to their competitors you got to go to buyraycon.com slash why get 15% off over there at buy that's b-u-y buyraycon.com slash y promo code y hunter biden's former business partner partner this is tony bobolinsky joined tucker carlson last night this is about two years after his first appearance back in 2020 uh, just as a reminder he is the former CEO of Cinehawk Holdings, which he said was the partnership between the Chinese energy company, CEFC, and Joe Biden and his brother, of course, Jim Biden. Uh, now, in last night's interview, Bobolinsky said that Joe Biden was the chairman of Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. And uh, Bobolinsky says that he actually presented evidence to the FBI that the Bidens committed multiple felonies. Uh, and that the agent, Timothy Tybalt, was in charge. He did nothing. And now just recall here, that is the same agent who just resigned in August, although his lawyers claim that he was not connected to the Hunter Biden investigation. Watch. So at the end of that five-plus-hour interview, the head of station uh, told my lawyers, listen, an individual named Tim Tebow is going to run point on all of this. We're definitely going to have Tony come back in for a follow-up interview. Could be as early as next week. Tim was not there that day. I think he was out of Washington, D.C. But my lawyers had an hour, hour and a half call with him that Friday night, October 23rd, and subsequent calls through the weekend and the following week when I was then coming on um, your show to uh, provide the facts to the American people. And um, they were supposed to be working a follow-up interview. And Tim Tebow, in his last discussion with my legal counsel, was, listen, we know Tony's cooperating. We appreciate all the information he's provided. Uh, we will follow up with you. We're definitely going to have him come in uh, for a follow-up interview or spend some more time on this. And um, I haven't heard from him since. At all? No. Nor have my lawyers. Just another thing. We're, look, I feel like... We were just talking uh, last segment about how it's you're just a conspiracy theorist and you just put on your tinfoil hat and all of these things that we were talking about. It's just that, oh, they just continue to be true and nobody wants to talk about it except, I guess, Tucker Carlson and us. Um, Jason, I want to go to you first on this one because I know all of the hours that you put into <laughs> Uh, a lot of specials, a lot of Glenn Beck specials on these particular, uh, you know, incidents. And it's like, what what year was that? Was that 2020? 
Oh gosh, no, that was before that. that was 2019? Before, that was before the pandemic, yeah. So 2018, 2019. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2018, 2019, probably. How wild is it that it's like, yeah, we're still talking about all this? Like, with the information is all available. No, it, it's, it's infuriating. It really is. And I remember when we first started those, we started with everything out, coming out of China. That, that's what we focused on. Mm -hmm. And showing all the shady business deals. We, like, we lined up how Hunter Biden, uh, you know, the timelines when Hunter Biden was traveling on the same jet as his dad, going to some of these countries. And then mysteriously a day later, he would strike this huge business deal that he had no business mm -hmm. uh, getting into. That was before the Ukraine stuff. And then all the Ukraine stuff, and it was even worse. All the evidence was there. We did not have a Tony Bobulinski at mm -hmm. that point. But then when he came out right before the election and was saying this stuff, that was when the, you know, the laptop stuff was coming out and they were censoring that. I mean, it was inf it's, it's infuriating that, A, that the media didn't pick up more on this because you would think the New York Times would have a field day with mm -hmm. this stuff. That's what they used to do. Mm -hmm. um, but by and large, they're not even touching it. Yeah. Um, but then it was also infuriating how I think even on our side, how we were, uh, when I say our side, like cons generally considered conservative media would harp on, oh, look, he's out there, you know, with his wang hanging out at the pool and then he's with these prostitutes and we get it, right? He, he's a complete deviant. Uh, he's a weird guy and he's a crackhead. We got it. That means nothing. Yeah. Compared to this type right, of stuff, right? Right. I mean, the, that's all a smokescreen, and and I and I think even the liberal media has caught on to that too. We're like, what's the big deal? You know, it's it's he's not the president. The big deal is the connection between the big guy or the chairman, mm -hmm. which is he's calling him, with these shady business deals. That's what it is, and that goes to get that goes towards everything the left hates about capitalism. Like they, they hate crony capitalism. Well, these are the poster children for crony capitalism. Yeah. The only reason this family has accumulated the wealth is because their dad was, you know, a senator for so many years and now the president of the United States. That's the only reason. Yeah. I mean, they should be out in force, you know, condemning the Biden family, but they're silent. Well, I mean, I, not, not to mention the, the national security issues that would be involved in making a guy president who has no problem, you know, doing shady business dealings with China and Ukraine. Uh, like, oh, it's yeah. like that, that's like Pandora's box of just like really, really heavy duty national security interests. Oh, and it's a good point. Like one of the things that Russia, remember when everything, all that stuff was, t you know, kicking off, I think it was in Kazakhstan mm -hmm. or one of those stands. Um, and the Russians had to go in to help stabilize. They had Russian troops on the ground to stabilize the unrest. One of the things the Russian government pointed out was that photograph of Hunter uh, and his uh, President Biden and that crazy business, uh, yeah. guy that they ended up, I think, expelling from their own country. Um, that's one of the things they used as an excuse to like, try to point the blame on us. Mm -hmm. Right there. The, the Ukraine stuff, like right from the beginning, they pointed out the, the, the business dealings between the Biden family uh, and the Ukrainians. Yeah. I mean, exactly to your point, they are using this to make us look bad. Yep. And I've got to say this because, you know, you can actually check the clip. When I was on my biological father's show, Tucker Carlson, my appearance, mm -hmm. I also mentioned how they will give us a million pictures of a crack pipe, but they won't actually talk about his illegal business dealings yeah. all over the world. And we even have have Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, on tape 
basically describing the quid pro quo that he did with Ukraine, and nobody cares. It's similar to the weapons of mass destruction that we didn't find in the Middle East. I just feel like we know that they're lying to us. We know that we have all this information about Hunter Biden doing all these illegal business dealings with not just the Ukraine, but with China. But all day long, they're going to show us in a jockstrap. They're going to show us, uh, you know, with methamphetamine. They're going to show them with prostitutes all to distract us and almost make us feel sympathetic because everybody probably knows somebody that has an issue with drugs or alcohol and that actually humanizes Hunter. So mm -hmm. for me, it's frustrating because we have all this, all this evidence of illegal business dealings, but all they do is give us a crack pipe. Did, did you, were you the one that brought up in the show earlier, like whatever, whatever that... Um, whatever. Saul Alinsky, the other yeah, projection whatever, method. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, the, whatever they're doing, they're going to blame the other side. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. And exactly what they did in Ukraine, the quid pro quo thing, which you brought up. I mean, they were the first ones to do the quid pro quo, mm -hmm. but then a couple of years later, they, then they tried to blame it on Trump. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly the same. All of uh, the Trump family's business dealings, they blamed all that stuff. Oh, of course it was shady, but nothing as far as what they were doing. It's all a smokescreen. They think going on The Apprentice is the same as selling out uh, national security to China. Unreal. So um, I, I found it fascinating, too. We, we don't have to play the clip. I know it's, it's kind of a long one, but... Um, Bobolinsky went on to say that, you know, not only did the FBI not ever reach back out to him, but once this story was produced in 2020 by the New York Post um, about Hunter, if like if anyone had reached out to him about it, uh, <laughs> like social media, Facebook, Twitter, you know, before they started censoring this, he would have responded to them within five minutes like, yeah, it's real and produced the email. Nobody ever reached out to him. And it's kind of interesting because uh, a 2020 poll it was a November 2020 poll from after the election said that 16 percent of Biden voters would not have voted for Joe Biden had they known the facts about one or more of several of those stories that were circulating at the time. And this was Hunter Biden laptop story, Tara Reid sexual assault allegations in the Middle East peace deals negotiated by Trump. Um, I find it sad that it's only 16 percent of Biden voters, but I also find it obviously not like negligible. I mean... 16% is not nothing. Um, so it's, but I, you know, when you do have the most safest, the safest <laughs> and most secure election uh, in American history and you do have 81 million votes, which is why you, of course, have to fortify things, right? Yep. You always know when you're, when you are the most popular president and it is so safe and so secure, you do also have to do some sort of fortifying. I guess it's difficult to know if there would have been any, you know, any different result. Um, but it's it's fascinating. All of these things that we're saying are happening, or it's just that they're happening right under our eyes. Um, all right, we've got to uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Wow, really loud. Definitely wouldn't have mattered. It's really sad. It's like. Yesterday afternoon, Elon Musk proposed buying Twitter at $54.20 per share, leading regulators to, tra to halt trading. Uh, this would value Twitter at approximately $44 billion, and Twitter indicated they are, are moving forward with the deal in a statement saying, we received the letter from the Musk parties, which they have filed with the SEC. The intention of the company is to close the transaction at $54.20 per share. Um, obviously, this has been an ongoing battle. Man, just to, to think about the evolution of this story um, and, and the back and forth and, you know, they were in court over his attempt to cancel the offer uh, over the number of bot accounts on the platform. Um, he had expressed concerns that the actual share of fake accounts on the platform could range as high as 
33% after Twitter had indicated that it was uh, 5% or lower. And um, no uh, yeah, it's got to be higher. Well, it's been interesting because since the, the news of this surfaced, um, I've seen quite a difference in my Twitter followers. I don't know if you guys yep. noticed, you know, once Elon proposed buying it, uh, we all got like a huge influx of followers. Well, I saw a completely de reversal of that after news broke of this. I lost like 5,000 followers. Just, I mean, you could literally watch it happening in real time. But then I gained a couple thousand of those back. So I'm not sure. I should go on and look right now. I'm mine's not sure. No, Sarah, mine's the exact same way. I lost like 5,000, then now it's back up like 3,000. So, yeah. I mean, it'd be, well, what is it? There's 350 million Americans, or supposedly seven, or roughly seven billion uh, people on Earth. I mean, I don't know how many people really are on Twitter, but if I had to do the math, a lot of them are fake accounts because CNN has a million followers. Brian Seltzer has a million right. followers and gets like no. Their engagement you know, is and not. They, so, yeah. so these bots are important for the appearance, but anybody that actually plays the Twitter game and knows what's going on, you can see you know the amount of followers to likes that it's in genuine followers so the bots are there they're crazy Elon Musk I love you even though you want to put a computer chip in our brain to Parker Tesla I hope if you get Twitter and it does go through we need Alex Jones back and we need DJT senior back Donald Trump if that doesn't happen then it's all for naught I'm sure he would want Donald Trump to come Duh. back it would just be if Donald Trump would come back oh he'd come back come on Donald Trump I think he would to I think he yes. would too he he talks a big game about I think he actually came out and said not that long ago when when Elon first uh, said that he wanted to buy Twitter. He was like, no, I'm only going to stay on Truth Social. But that's it's not doing very well. That, that so. gives him a reason. The, you know, the, the Elon Musk gives him the bump where it, it takes the onus off of him. Like, you know, it's right, like, you know. Right, right, right. So. Yeah, I'm not doing a deal with the devil. I'll, I'll throw Elon a bone because yeah. he's never, you know, he's never done me wrong. The, mm -hmm. the, 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 bot, the bots, though, are, there's no way, like what they said, 5%. I mean, if, yeah. if what they say, they, that Elon Musk said 30%. He, could, he said it could be as high as 33%. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's even more than that. Yeah. Because like especially if you play the Twitter game a lot, like yeah. especially if if you hit a certain like I don't know big hot ticket item or whatever, you'll get some random Joe Schmo usually with a bunch of numbers at the end of their name. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, you know, you know, you know, it is true that Alex Stein is a very dapper, uh, you know, dresser and you know looks so much better on the news and why it matters than Jason Butchel does. And then That's not me. <laughs> Jason just said those yeah. are all bots. No, no, those are, <laughs> yeah, all, those bots. are all bots. I agree with him. I mean, I agree with him. But but anyone complimenting Alex Stein no, is clearly a bot. It's fake, yes. But, but that will be Sarah G27,522. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll get, you know, I don't know, you know, a Stephen Smith, 27,522, with the a copy and pasted exactly the same thing. And then you'll get like, you know, a few real responses and then you'll get a few more of those. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, it's it's like nonstop. I, I'm speaking of the evolution of this entire deal. I'm surprised. I, I was expecting Elon to get more out of this. I, I did not expect him to come back with that high of a bid. Yeah. Well, did I, you guys see Elon's back and forth with Zelensky? It went viral where he did some polls and Zelensky asked if he was a puppet for Russia. So I think Elon Musk is realizing this is huge. I mean, in this culture war, you know, the, all the blue check marks that all, you know, aggregate to the top and they're all pushed up by Twitter. It's like if he has that in the messaging, that controls the narrative. Twitter really can because it controls a lot of those blue check marks. So I think it's super powerful. So I want to so I want to uh, I want to we have that oh, yeah. that tweet, Elon tweeting out this random poll Ukraine-Russia peace. Redo elections of annexed regions under UN supervision. Russia leaves if that is the will of the people. Uh, another option, Crimea, formerly part of Russia as it has been since 1783. 
uh, water supply to Crimea assured Ukraine remains neutral. So this is kind of what he is putting out as like a possibility for peace. And he took a poll. He took a Twitter mm -hmm. poll and uh, it was 40.9% yes, 59.1% no. It was voted on. That's fascinating. 2.7 million votes, um, wow. which, you know, is not scientific at all, but is fascinating. And uh, Vladimir Putin's spokesman welcomed the proposals and said Musk is still trying to look for ways to achieve peace. And uh, Ukraine's outgoing ambassador to Germany tweeted out, F off is my very diplomatic reply to you. I love this. I mean, this is how we should settle it, in the Twitter streets. So I'm all about this, Elon. Yeah, right. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't seem to be open to Elon's pointer since he tweeted yesterday. Today I spoke with President Zelensky to underscore that the U.S. will never recognize Russia's purported annexation of Ukrainian territory. I reaffirmed my commitment to continue supporting Ukraine, including through today's new... $625 million security assistance package. Yay! Congratulations, America. Your money continues to be money laundered and funneled over to Ukraine. You won't actually know what the money is being spent on, and you're going to be paying for it, and your children's children's children are going to be paying for it. But don't worry. Congratulations. We are supporting Ukraine. Make sure to put that Ukrainian flag in your bio. Crazy. I, the, what, what is amazing to me, besides the blank check that we've just written, you know, given to them, this is a it's a classic Cold War fight, uh, yeah. the, the Ukraine-Russia thing. Um, really, it's pretty much the West against uh, Vladimir Putin at this point. Um, Ukraine is just the one that's being used to fight this war. And uh, but in the past, when they used to fight this back in, you know, the 80s, 70s and 80s, they weren't so nonchalant with how you know, vocal they are about it. Mm. So these things were done in secret. Like we would supply some random group that, you know, would give them money to buy weapons and those weapons would be bought from someplace in the Middle East and then those weapons would be shipped from a shady cargo ship that was marked turnips, you know, to Ukraine and then the weapons would get there and then we'd fight our proxy war. Yeah. Nowadays, Biden will just be like, yeah, we're given $7 billion, you know, specifically to buy tanks, uh, you know, this, 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 and this, and we're giving it all there to go kill Russians. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. I, 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 I can't fathom where we are right now. It's insanely escalatory. Yeah. I, I, I don't know where this ends. Uh, Russia, you know, called up what they said, 300,000 people, you know, in a partial mobilization. 75-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, they're, they're pulling them out of, like, the poorest areas, you know, and they're just pulling, mm -hmm. like, these old guys and kids with no experience, and they're throwing them out on the front lines. But, I mean, this is only just the beginning. I think it's much larger than 300,000. It's uh, from, you know, if they're pulling people out of Siberia, you know, with no experience whatsoever, it's larger than 300,000. These troops haven't even made it to the front lines yet. Uh, probably, I don't know, late winter, you know, next spring, you're going to start seeing these people come. And then who knows how many more will be called. So my point is, this is only just the beginning of how far this is going to go. It's going yeah. to go a lot further. So how far are we going to push back on and how more vocal are we going to get? Mm -hmm. Where does this end for them? Well, it, we know it's a proxy war because they blamed the food shortage, energy shortage, everything on Putin. So it is literally us against Putin. And I think that is really what, at the end of the day, it's like Dan Crenshaw even admitted he got mad at single moms for complaining that they didn't have the baby formula and called them puppets of Putin. So I think World <laughs> War III is literally inevitable. And I hate that. But uh, to your point, why do we know about this more? Well, I think it's just, I don't, I wasn't alive during the Cold War, but now that we have the information superhighways, the internet, 
it's almost impossible to hide this, and now it's just, um, they have to do it out in the open because there's no other way to operate. Yeah, they're, they're not even making an effort to try and hide it. Right. You know, it's it's braggadocious at this yeah, point. Yeah. Like, ha ha, look, we're like sending all these like rockets over there. Like, what are you gonna do next? Right. You know, it's like they're daring them to one up each other. Yep. And on top it's of that, people, single families can't afford a home. I mean, inflation's through the roof, and gas prices are just now skyrocketing. Again. Yeah, but you can feel good that you are helping Ukraine again. <laughs> make sure to put your Ukrainian flags in your bio. All right. Go ahead. Can I say one last thing? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not unsympathetic to what Ukraine is going through. Like, I, I think that... I'm the, not either. I, it's yeah, just, I mean, it's just not... Made, I, yeah. It's just like, I, we, I have my own problems. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I support you in that I back you from fighting and, and reclaiming your territory from an aggressor. Right. Like, I, I right. do. But just don't I, join NATO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah. that, that was... That's a whole thing. Yeah. You're going to get me started. Okay, yeah. Oh, God, don't get him started. It's, you, it's only a 45-minute show. You <laughs> weren't around for the, for the Farm Bill era, but trust me when I tell you, you don't want another repeat of the Farm Bill. Um, all right, so if you guys are watching this on YouTube right now, we love you, we appreciate you, um, but I'm just saying you're going to want to head over to Blaze for this next block. We're going to be talking about an election conspiracy theory that, oops, might have come true. And the conversation, of course, uh, will not be safe for YouTube and their benevolent overlords. Make sure you head over to Blaze TV and we'll catch you there. On Monday, the New York Times ran a piece titled How a Tiny Elections Company Became a Conspiracy Theory Target. The subheader reads, election deniers catapulted a Michigan firm with just 21 U.S. employees to the center of unfounded voter fraud claims, exposing it to vicious threats. Uh, the conspiracy theory was that this particular uh, election software company based in East Lansing, Michigan, this is, I, do, is it Koenig? Conic, I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, they, that they had secret ties to the Chinese Communist Party and had given the Chinese government backdoor access to personal data about two million poll workers in the United States. Uh, now, the author, Stuart Thompson, suggested that these claims, which allegedly made the CEO of the company cry. You guys are so mean, you bunch of meanies making the CEO cry, were used to raise doubts about the integrity of American elections. Uh, yes, well, yesterday, the CEO who allegedly cried over these accusations, Eugene Yu, was arrested on suspicion of theft of personal identifying information and computer hard drives. According to LA District Attorney, uh, the LA District Attorney's office, Connick had stored data servers in China. They had stored data on servers in China, even though they were required to store it in the United States. And uh, True the Vote, the nonprofit that was behind uh, Dinesh D'Souza's, or I should say participated in Dinesh D'Souza's 2,000 Mules, of course, um, they were sued by Connick last month for defamation after True the Vote claimed that the company was guilty of the crime that this particular CEO, who cried about it, was just arrested for. So there you go. That's just all in a day's work, 24 hours. By the way, very funny to see these headlines uh, of these particular stories, like 24 hours apart, and the author is Stuart Thompson of both of them. <laughs> He's the author of both of them. Now, I don't think that he, you know, I don't think that he has the, uh, the, the wherewithal to, like, I don't know, maybe apologize, maybe 
do better next time, maybe like recognize that not everything that you don't like is a conspiracy theory. I don't think that he has the capacity to understand that, but very funny seeing these two things back to back nonetheless. Well, we know, we know exactly that the news is fake, but when it's the New York Times, which is basically like the pinnacle of journalism, you know, and they're within 24 hours, can't even get the story straight, that shows you where we are. If you guys really want to find the truth, it is not in the mainstream media, especially not at the New York Times. So it's kind of alarming and shocking when you see that graphic, that, that meme together. I think that um, my favorite part is like, he, I guess he, he, like, he cried because he was found out. <laughs> right? It's like, it made the CEO cry. It's like, oh, okay. That's yeah. why he cried. He was like, caught. no! <laughs> crap, I'm going to be arrested. This is bad. I, I love how all, all questioning over the election, you're instantly labeled election denier. Yeah. yeah. He, he, and yeah. I think he put that in both and articles. And kicked off YouTube. Yeah, mm -hmm. and kicked yeah. off YouTube. Yeah. yeah, by the way, thank you, Blaze TV subscribers, <laughs> for, uh, for being there for us. You're the only ones who are watching this. Mm -hmm. And Pluto, I guess. But think about that. You, you do not question anything. Do not question anything, or we'll slap that label of election denier. Mm -hmm. That is so anti-American, and it's anti-journalism. Yes. Talk about they yeah. used to be the pinnacle, you know, for journalism. Yeah. But now it's like, I mean, they themselves were, how many articles did they publish about all the Russiagate stuff, Steele dossier, mm -hmm. all that Every crap? Mm -hmm. I mean, oh my gosh. They really still are. Complete <laughs> misinformation. But they'll have the balls to run fact checks and call the rest of us that have mere questions as misinformation, you know, peddlers or election deniers. Yeah, you know, it's funny because it's not just denying the election. It's literally any time you question the government's narrative on anything. Yeah. Science Which, denier. Yeah. yeah. Science denier, uh, you know, like especially with COVID and all of that, like science denier and climate change. I mean, everything that you would question about the government, like, questioning your government is patriotic, I, I would say. Um, it is certainly yeah. like that was the point of the media. Do. Right. That was yeah. the point. Right. Whole point. Right. Right. And it's just so wild to me that, like, now all of a sudden, the, the especially because that was where the left was, what, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? I mean, they were the ones who were constantly questioning authority. Oh, you know, it changed with a, a big switch with Obama. With Obama. Huge yeah. That was what it was. Yeah, like, the, the, like Obama was doing all these things. He was even at, he was talking about attacking the media. Trump would say fake news. They're like, oh, my gosh, we're so under yeah. attack. It's yeah, insane. Yeah, he, but, yeah. But Obama was literally weaponizing the IRS. He was weaponizing the DOJ. Right. He was, remember, uh, James Rosen over mm -hmm. at Fox News, uh, mm -hmm. several AP uh, reporters. He was had them under surveillance. I mean, yeah, a, a huge switch under the Obama administration where they... Actually, what came out, him and Ben Rhodes, uh, well, Ben Rhodes, bragged on a broadcast that all they were doing was lying to the media to try and push the, uh, the uh, Iran nuclear deal to go through. Mm. He, he bragged about it. Yeah. And they, don't, they still don't care. They right. still idolize him. Yeah. They idolize him. And, and really I just want to say this. It's political theater. It's Shakespearean because, you know, they say he doth protest too much. The fact that we can't talk about it and the fact that they were able to talk about it for four years, just believe the opposite of the government. So yeah. I think we know right. what really happened because we were allowed to talk about it for four years, but now if you say it, you're kicked off basically any platform, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. So go figure, they're always hiding the truth. Yeah, no kidding. All right, uh, we gotta take a quick break, we'll be back. Yeah, it's like basically if the government calls it Because apparently cartoon sexuality is supposed to be like a thing that we're all supposed to care about and pay attention to. Uh, the teaser for the latest Scooby-Doo movie, Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo, reveals that, yes, Velma is now a lesbian. Watch. 
and as promised, here are your Scooby Snacks. Jinkies. <laughs> Why? 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 I can't be the Why? only one that says it, but now she's a lot hotter. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I would go to Jason, but he's just going to agree. So I don't even know where to take that. Kind of hard. I'm so sick of them doing this. Like, I just want shows that my child can consume and watch without without you guys interjecting this weird sexual stuff. Yep. I mean, it's... it was never an sexuality was never an issue on Scooby Doo back in the day. No, you, you didn't have to inject it. We didn't. It's we did. about a solving mysteries dog. with a dog. It's about solving mysteries <laughs> with a dog. Who talk? Just keep it that, please. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com/podcasts.